intro dude it's never gonna get old yeah it's not bad it's, it's not bad hey everybody welcome to show 133 here on the pucknologists how you guys doing hope you guys are having a fantastic end to your weekend and how can you not every game's going to overtime there has been so much free hockey over the last 24 hours how can you not enjoy it i am aj underscore strong on the social media and joining me of course the one and only hockey underscore jerk yeah it's been an incredible uh incredible weekend of hockey to your point um it's a bit of a boot to the groin that tonight's final game is a regular season game between two (laughs) non-playoff teams but whatever (laughs) dear lord like really the schedule makers had an issue anyway (laughs) do us a favor follow us on the social Hit the subscribe button here on YouTube, but check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit. You can find them all at Teal Town USA. Don't forget, if you ever miss a show, want to catch it again, it will be on your favorite podcast platform on YouTube and always at Teal Town USA. So this time around, we're going to talk about, oh, let me see, some player exit interviews. Uh, Doug Wilson's state of the franchise, if you will, and uh, some playoff matchups. As you know, playoffs have already begun, but let's get into the Sharks game this week. But first, oh, as we tend to do, we have to get Hockey Jerk his updated wardrobe. And, okay, dude, no free ads. (laughs) What? Oh, my God. (laughs) No free ads, dude. (laughs) Hey, it's a good chip. What can I say? Hey, now. Bet you didn't see that coming. All right, so week for the Sharks to finish on a high note, right? Uh, let's not get swept on the entire season by Vegas. We have an opportunity to deny Vegas the division and the president's trophy. And in typical Sharks fashion, San Jose would stink up the joint in what is possibly or probably Patrick Marlowe's final game in Teal. They get shut out 6 nothing. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Uh, did you see his exit interview? He said he wants to have a better year next year. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's going to be in San Jose. Or the NHL. Yeah, no kidding. There's a lot of a lot of people playing in Europe. So, uh, look, 6 nothing, just decimation. You can't hang this one on Mel Nichuk, of course, when half the team looked like they were trying to figure out who could book the earliest tea times the next day. We all know Vlasic said in his exit interview, which we will get to, dude straight up said, yeah, after the game I got the red eye going home. I mean, he w- he was checked out. In, well, in his defense, uh, this game was not originally supposed to be played this day, so who knows if his flight was already scheduled and then he had to tweak it. True that. True that. Uh, hey, Super Chat already. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Uh, David in the Super Chat saying, thanks for making this season as much fun as it could be. I really enjoyed the show. Dude, that is awesome. Totally appreciate it. Thank you for recognizing the effort. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know what? Five dollar donation. This is the season finale for season five. Oh, so Ooh. just saying. Oh, that goes together well. Uh, if you'd like to uh, join David 
If you'd like to support the show, you can use the Super Chat option. We prefer Venmo. You can find us at Teal Town USA on there. Uh, we prefer it just because we get all of your donation versus, you know, giving Google their their cut. <laughs> I'm still con- I'm still convinced that the the percentage they take from Super Chat donations is going to be used to fund the Googleplex in downtown San Jose. Oh, you right. I'm convinced that they're going to, you know, lower us down one more time. <laughs> So back to the game versus Vegas. Uh, shots on goal after the first period were 20 to 6. <laughs> this was Yikes. the Sharks' sixth loss in their final seven. Yeah, guys are checked out, man. They were like, yeah, it, it was a fun ride. 56 game, as Rocket says, 56 game preseason in the books. Wait, wait till next year. Wait till October. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so. <clears throat> That's that's the way it ends. And yes, for uh, Sharks last asking, am I in win it for jumbo mode? You betcha. Until Jumbo's no longer in it, then this will magically turn into a Colorado Avalanche jersey. Just letting you know. There you go. So following that, we had some player exit interviews, which were somewhat telling. We talked about Vlasic earlier, who said uh, he hasn't been asked as of yet, by Doug Wilson to waive his no move. Uh, In a somewhat defiant tone, he said, I'm here to the end. I would have signed somewhere else if I wanted to play somewhere else. He also said, Doug doesn't want to rebuild. He wants to be a part of the playoffs. He wants to win every year. Uh, Good luck with that when you look at the contracts he's doled out. But we'll see. My favorite one, of course, being... Martin Jones in his exit interview saying, I have to be more consistent. Sir, have you looked at your save percentage over the last three seasons? You are the picture of consistency. (laughs) Consistently bad. And, of course, the thing I want to point out here, Jerk, is you can look at 896, 896, 896. The thing that gets me is shots against 1699, goals against 294. Then a year later, the shots against go down to eleven thirty nine, and yet the goals against goes up to three. Then the year this you know this past season, shots against goes down to nine eighty, and yet the goals against goes up to three twenty eight. <laughs> this is a problem, sir. Yeah, well, when you know he he's saving the same percentage of shots as you pointed out, but uh, he's facing less shots. He's also allowing more goals, so. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what more can be done to defend or justify or explain uh, his performance. I mean, the the bottom line is it's just not National Hockey League caliber. I wouldn't even say it's backup cali- caliber. You're right. Another thing that was said during the exit interviews by Logan Couture when asked if the culture in the room has changed, he said, no, not enough. That's that's a little frightening to me. Yeah, no kidding. When well, that, especially well, go especially ahead. because well, I was gonna say, I if I'm not mistaken, haven't I believe it's been intimated elsewhere that the culture has improved since last year. Has so, improved, but according to Couture, not enough. Right. So I'm just thinking. I'm just like, you know, are they going to have to rebuild the off ice performance? first you know what i mean like i don't like it, it, i mean i know like 
Evander Kane and Eric Carlson, like they're the the new blood to the old guard, if you will. But even then, yep. they've been here for you know Carlson has been here, um, you know for three years now. Evander Kane has been here for almost four. They are the old guard now when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And aside from them, Jones, Vlasic, Couture, Burns, Hurdle, like these guys have been in here for a minute. So, you know, to me. Like, these are all guys that know each other. I don't understand what the disconnect is. I don't want to get into a whole thing. (laughs) I don't want to go down the rabbit hole. Everybody and their mother knows my feelings on Eric Carlson. Yeah, okay. I don't don't know that that has a whole lot to do with the team culture. Maybe it does. We don't know. The interesting thing about Carlson... Uh, in in his roundabout way, he goes, there's been bumps in the road that not many people know about. There's things going on behind that not many people know. Well, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I think I think what he's saying is that, you know, people are so quick to jump to conclusions when they don't have all the information, which is actually true because how many times have we said, you know, assume all you want, but until you know the truth, you know nothing. You know, yes. So I, I do. I know that we said that there was zero to talk about for this game against the Golden Knights on Wednesday. But I do have two things I want to say. Number one, um, you said you can't really pin the game on Melnichuk. And I agree. Uh, 864 save percentage. Not very good. But he also made 38 saves. That's pretty good body of work, I would say. Um, number two, every player in the lineup that night, all six defensemen, all 12 forwards were at least minus one. <laughs> nobody was even. Nobody nobody survived. <laughs> nobody and, escaped and unscathed. <laughs> yeah, and that's all there is to say about that game. <laughs> well, let's play our favorite game, of course. The, the hockey jerk, will they be better? <laughs> you remember at the start of the season, hockey jerk said, look, I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. I'm just saying they will be better than they were last season. And survey says, <clears throat> after 56 games, the Sharks went 21, 28, and 7 for 49 points. The previous year, after 56, they were 24, 28, and 4 for 52 points. I mean, we're talking three points here. It's pretty damn close, though. Not only that, but... Um, if you, the, the point accumulation pace that they were on this year, if you apply that to the amount of games they played last year, which was 70, Mm -hmm. um, they would have hit 61 points, which is only two points behind, um, the pace they were on, uh, last year. So again, to your point, I was wrong, but I was not totally far off. Well, I was going to say, I mean, dude, we're (laughs) again, I go back to, the idea that I, look everybody again talks about it was that stretch during the socal games that they had it and no way i'm sorry to interrupt you 4-4 game yeah no i don't think i'm not paying attention out of the corner of my eye uh, <laughs> giving it the horse eye if you will yeah the horse eye dude 7 minutes left in the third tampa and florida have tied it up if you're watching live and but we knew this because every game in the first round, of course, is going to overtime. And we'll get yes. to that shortly. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, the the Sharks, it's, I mean, again, there was so much talk about culture change. And, 
and Bugner was going to come in and he was going to have his full staff, not the ones that he inherited and all that, you know, with Ricci and Navi, although he did end up keeping Navi. But, it, well, and then Ricci was here for how long? Because who, who was it? Madden couldn't get a passport or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just, I felt like listening to what Doug Wilson said, listening to some of these exit interviews, I'm going, guys, like, I, I'm not trying to bust your balls, but I'm I'm hearing a lot of stuff that I heard a year ago. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it certainly, you know, this year was supposed to be like a year of progress, you know, and it, it, to the naked eye, it doesn't seem like there was much progress that came with it. But, you know, I think there are certain facets of this team. And, you know, we talked about goaltending, still bad defense still bad i would some of the forwards i they they're not where we want them to be but i would say compared to last year i think the forward depth generally speaking i think improved you know you would hurdle <clears throat> despite you know getting COVID. obviously hurdle had a bounce back year evander kane had a very good year i thought kevin lebank had a very good year as well yeah. and then you know you look at guys like balsers and uh barabanov. and barabanov who came in um and 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 made impacts right away so you know i'm not gonna again i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that everything is better no need to worry but i think but what what does it tell you though about this lineup that they had to get you know that they had to pull in balsers from the waiver wire and make the trade for barabanov well it tells me that they you know (laughs) somebody has made a mistake somewhere (laughs) well i was gonna say at those moments in time you know they clearly didn't feel that they were equipped to um, field a group of 12 forwards that could play NHL minutes, you know, and that's why you bring in, you know, like I said, Balsers, Barabanov, even trading for Ryan Donato, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, but, and then conversely to, to, to what you're saying, then you also had guys like Sorensen who couldn't crack the lineup Ooh. half the year. Uh, Timo Meyer, who definitely, I mean, he'll tell you had a crappy year. Yeah. And at least he knows it. Right. You know, like if he like if he had come out and been like, yeah, you know, I thought I played hard this year and then, you know, it just didn't go our way. Like, I I, ugh, I would not have been buying it. But the fact that he kind of, you know, he, you know, he took his he, he took his share of the uh, kicks to the shin, if you will. And, you know, at least he knows. But you mentioned Sorensen and, and we were kind of joking around that, like, after the trade deadline, we just stopped hearing about Sorensen altogether. Like, I don't even think he was skating with the scratches at practice. Mm-hmm. And so then to see, you know, and say what you want about the world hockey championship, but to see that he got the call from Sweden to go to the world championships, I was very surprised by that. You uh, know, right. obviously, you I, I mean, you know, the world championships, it's, it's Europe guys in European leagues who stand out and guys who don't make the NHL playoffs. Like that's not a big secret, but Man, I thought for sure there'd be some better guys to go. <laughs> I'm telling you. I mean, you get to represent your country after being a healthy scratch for half the year and only scoring one goal. I mean, that's <sighs> that's talk about doing the least amount of work. <laughs> yeah. Well, and can we rewind the clock, you know, a season or so ago where it was like, oh, Sorensen had 17. I bet you he can hit 20. <laughs> yeah. He only got one. <sighs> so let's get into some quick questions here. Will owner Hasso Platner fire Doug Wilson? No, no. Doug Wilson's got him, got him in just in the back pocket. He's he's a believer. 
Uh, does this mean Wilson is going to fire head coach Bob Bugner? Of course not. You're not going to fire him because, look, you just he's – he's got two more, year, ugh, two more years left on his deal, and hello, it's – so far he has he, – <laughs> can we talk about the preseason? There wasn't one. And then, yeah. you know, and then the first 12 games are on the road. I mean, these are not optimal conditions. So I think Bugner is going to get the benefit of the doubt. And now, is that to say that when the schedule, you know, schedule comes out, it's 82 games. We've got fans in the stands. For the most part, we are back to normal in society, at least in a hockey society. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if you tell me then... The Sharks, I don't know. They they play forty games and only win fifteen. Then <clears throat> hey, maybe Bugner gets gets a boot. I don't know. But I just but it, as John King likes to say, we're not there yet. <laughs> it, it it it's just really hard for me to give Bugner any criticisms. I mean, the fans and Doug Wilson and everybody, you know, they expect Bob Bugner to be the coach for a playoff team like that's not some big secret Mm -hmm. but it's kind it's kind of hard to be a playoff team when you are not given a playoff lineup by your general manager exactly and 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 let's not let's not forget like i've probably defended doug wilson the most in the last year out of everybody who contributes to teal town usa but you know even i can sit here and tell you like if doug wilson fired bob bugner it's not because of poor performance. It's because he needs a scapegoat. Absolutely. You look at the, I mean, when was DeBoer fired? Like 30-ish games in, I want to say? I think at the very middle of of December, I believe. Yeah, so maybe, so you're talking October, November, middle of December. So at that point, maybe you're talking, what, 28 games, 30 games played, maybe around that point. Either way, the you know the fact remains if you go and you look at DeBoer's winning percentage over those first two and a half months and then you look at Bugner's winning percentage from then until COVID it, they're almost identical so yeah. it's like you know you you can't you know was it DeBoer you know is it was it DeBoer was that bad was Bugner not very good or was it just like it's that whole idea of like look if you want me to cook an amazing gourmet meal you can't give me you know rotten ingredients well and it's like i always say you know like i don't care how good your chef is (laughs) well that's the thing it's like i always say you know you know people can you know people can bitch and complain about the coach all they want but at the end of the day the coach is not the one who's putting on skates and going out there yeah execution motherfucker (laughs) That's (laughs) that's what i'm saying is like you know and and i don't even really i don't look at this roster and say Oh, you know, this ro- I mean, there are some points of this roster where it's like, yeah, you need to do more. But it's like, I don't really know how you can give any like anybody who who moonlighted on the fourth line this year. I don't know how you can give them any grief because I feel like the fourth line as a whole was punching up all year. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? And so like, yeah, you didn't do what we wanted you to do, but you did pretty well considering how, where you should be. So you know yeah and again we mentioned this a show or two ago where i it just felt like look that fourth line was starting to become a bit of a reward for 
Kudo players that were performing well. Right. You know? And Putt Guy letting us know that uh, PDB was actually fired on December 11th. So There you go. Which I believe is is, is adjacent to middle of December, I would say. <laughs> it, it is adjacent. So, team's top priorities. Obviously, finding a goaltender. I've been told. I, the, they say. You know what? Mm-hmm. You know they. Uh, say that, All knowing. Yes. There could be a decent amount of goaltenders available in the offseason. Should be interesting to see what Doug Wilson comes up with. Uh, but there there has to be a change at, at this money. I mean, smart money is on a Jones buyout, yes? God willing. I mean, you can't... <laughs> You can't do this four seasons in a row, right? I I think it all depend it all depends on where not not um like it all depends on where Doug Wilson and the team like where their thoughts are for next season. Like if next season is another growth year, oh, keep him. You know what I mean? Oh, because- okay. Yeah, but okay, so but if he does that though, how is it not a rebuild? You know what I mean? How do you yeah, not call it a rebuild point. at that point? Yeah, no, yeah, I agree with you, but and then it, it you know, it, it creates further questions where it's like, okay, yes, yeah, so we need a new goalie. But depending on what you think the team will be next year, I think determines who who you bring in. I mean, do you go after somebody who's not who's not a full-time starter? Like do you go after like a Devin Dubnik, a, an Aaron Dell. I know there's two former Sharks, but like David Riddick, you know, like somebody who's like a backup or a 1B and you just play the hot guy. Or if you think that you're going to have some miracle resurgence, you know, do you go after somebody like Tuka Rask or Frederick Anderson? Ooh, I have some weird thing that I feel like Alex Daylock is going to be back. <laughs> uh, I would agree with you, except Chief, uh, he's still under contract with Edmonton. So. Yeah, well, hey, stranger things have occurred, my friend. True, I'll give you that. Um, so the other issue, of course, among top priorities is finding. Now, here, here's the thing I think is funny: is Doug Wilson said a whole thing about adding a third center. Yes, I'm like, can we can we add a number one center? Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> like, what if Logan was your third center and Hurdle was your second, and we got a number one? How about that? You know, cash me outside. How about that? Well, I I think you know I don't. Unfortunately, I don't think that would work. Just because I think you would be, you know, if you have Couture or Hurdle on the third line center. I mean, you where do you find minutes for all these guys? You know what I mean? Like, and I don't. I I hate to say like. Oh, maybe Jack Eichel because it's not happening. But yeah. like, let's just say for argument's sake, like that's the person the Sharks wanted to target. Like, there's no way, just by position, by trade value, there's no way Hurdle is not a, the the centerpiece of that return for Jack Eichel. Exactly. So, but as 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 our co-worker Ian Reed likes to say. You know, Buffalo is not going to trade Jack Eichel to the Sharks before they trade him to the LA Kings. <laughs> Absolutely right. So, well, let's talk about the RFAs then for a second. So, you have Ryan Donato. Uh, I'm I'm going to be honest. I don't I don't think I don't see a reason for him to return. Can you tell me why? No, 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, of course I can. Uh, Because, again, it's, you know, I don't want to sit here and say Bodker syndrome, but it's it's the case of Chief was talked up as, you know, this is going to be a guy who helps shore up the top six. And, you know, halfway through the season, he was on the third line, then the fourth line, then he was taken off the power play. It was just, and, and for those of you watching live, Tampa Bay has just taken a 5-4 lead with one fourteen left. Wow. Anyway, uh, but yes, that is, that's where I stand with Donato, is that, you know, look, if he, if he had, like, started well, which he did, I thought, you know, he was, I mean, shootout specialist, but if he had like had a dip and then came back up yes but then you you know you saw balsers and barabanov make him um expendable essentially so that's 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 my take on that is i feel like to to coin a phrase from ian reed uh he's just another guy from the guy factory I think I think there's somebody that you can find with the CUDA that can do what he did this season. So let me ask you this counterpoint. Yeah, whip will. it up. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, if and again, this is just a hypothetical, so don't read into this as any sort of hint. But let's say Ryan Donato is re-signed at third line money and plays on the third line. What what's third line money? Because he got, he was getting what? How much this year? One point nine. He was making, yeah, one point nine million. Okay, what's third? Which line I would money say, do? I would say third line money is in that ballpark. You know, well, plus to, or minus. To be fair, Marcus Sorensen was getting one point five to be on the, on the bench. Yes, but when <laughs> but when he signed that deal, do you happen to know what line he was playing on? Third. Third line. There you go. Um, with with Jumbo, yes. Uh, correct. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, see again, pointing out that jumbo that that other line ma- mates can help you. <laughs> yeah, I would say. I mean, between I don't know, between one and a half and two and a half, I would say, like if you get him to third line money and he plays on the third line, does it really matter? Because mm. I mean, I and I know people are going to talk about his his play in the defensive zone, and they're right to bring that up. But I just. You look at you look at the the offensive talent he has, and it's just well, it was to, Bugner bringing it up that no, he, I know, he, I know, know, I know, his, but I'm he just needs to work to, on his details in his 200 foot game. No, I know, and I'm just I don't know. To me, Ryan Donato seems like an egg that just needs to be sat on for a bit longer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's just I, my opinion. Okay, and and but I will say that uh, there were a few Minnesota fans. That were you know talking to sharks fans going now you know <laughs> why <laughs> why we were happy to see him go but anyway yeah uh, Jeffrey VL uh, you know I mean if you want to give... probably take his qualifying offer honestly yeah and I, and I'm fine with that provided Chief can still see <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> uh, Noah Gregor um he probably I don't know you look at some of these extensions. That guys have gotten well, and let's point out that Ian will tell you from you know twenty ways from Sunday. Doug Wilson loves to bend the free age the RFAs over. Oh yeah, if if you're a restricted free agent coming off your entry level contract, like don't even bother. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so Gregor, like what, like one point two, like two I years? Even, show me a deal. No. Are you talking about one point two per or total? 
per? Uh, no chance. Uh, I think he's lucky if he crosses 900,000. And As, that is it, wrong. ladies As, and gentlemen. Breaking news. Tampa has beaten Florida, and the game did not go to overtime. Looked like it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. And now coming up, a regular season game between two non-playoff teams. <laughs> um, um, back to Gregor. <laughs> no, yeah, I, don't get me wrong, dude. I love Noah Gregor. Like, I have a jersey. You know, I was probably the only one who was really into him when he was drafted. So it's not a secret. I'm a fan. But you, you just don't want to throw around that kind of money to a player like him you give him you know if you're being generous you know maybe give him that um give him the yoel shellman deal you know what i mean right. which was two years seven hundred and fifty thousand. the la the second year can be a one-way uh deal and i think you call it a day and i think you do the same thing with yoakam blickfeld okay uh rudy balsers i mean to me there's a cat who has like earned a show me deal i give him the barabanov deal yeah, I could not agree more. May, the only difference is, you know, because he's a restricted free agent with arbitration rights, it could, I could see it end up being a bit more of a, of a fight. But even then, well, I mean, dude, Balsers, dude, if you get him for, you know, for a deal that cheap, and both Barabanov and Balsers, if they're able to prove that, yeah, top six, we belong here, but you know, bitches, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I, I think with Balsers, just based on the body of work that he's shown so far, and then I would say what I what I think he would continue to do um, at the very least next year, I would be comfortable with the Sorensen deal as like being the ceiling, you know? All right. Uh, Gambrill, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to let that ship sail. Can't let it sail until after the expansion draft. Yes, but, but once that happens, <laughs> adios. <laughs> and even then, and, and here's the thing, like Gambrell, Gambrell's got arbitration rights as well, but the difference between from him between Rudy Balsers is Balsers has a body of work that he can point to and says, hey, there were nights where I was the best player, I have the numbers to back it up, I'm progressing in the right direction. I don't think Gambrell has been bad. I think Gambrell's taken a step pause forward this year. Albeit a very small step, but yeah. Right. But I don't, I still, I look at Gambrell's body of work and I don't really think he has a leg to stand on. I think maybe if, if they're being generous, I think maybe they'll slide him a million bucks, but I don't, I don't see it more than that. I mean, especially because, you know, as a, as a second round pick in 2016, who torched in college, like it, it's been a very slow burn. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, time to, I mean, again, like you said, make it available for Seattle, but yeah, bye bye. Uh, yeah. Finally, Christian Yarosh. Uh, Same thing as VL. He'll probably take his qualifying offer and call it a day. That's exactly where I was at. So let's move on to the UFA. Is a little trickier. Uh, Curtis Gabriel. Bye. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> With your shenanigans, take that shit somewhere else, dude. Uh, there's a and it's say you know. He was spoken of positively for the, you know, the things by myself included, you know, his, you know, when he fought Nick Delorier and Ryan Reeves and um, I believe Kyle Clifford, you know, positive. Sure. But, you know, the the shenanigans in the Vegas game and the Arizona game, you know, there's a reason why he hasn't seen the ice since that that hit in Arizona. 
And and very quickly, I just want to acknowledge our friends on Venmo. Jerry, thank you for your donation. And Kathy, thank you for yours as well. We totally appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, Frederick Handemark, bye. I, well, okay. Do you care to elaborate on that a bit? I just felt like he'd been given a couple opportunities in different parts of the season. And it just like, you know, I'll forgive you the first game jitters, nerves, whatever. But I just didn't see a whole lot anytime he was in there. And isn't Hannah Mark like a pretty big boy? Yeah, he's uh, six foot four, 210. Yeah. And I didn't really see him using that frame. That's, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. That's fair. And he is 27 years old. I There's another reason. I know, And you know what? 24, like he, maybe. He And you know what? He put up good numbers with the Barracuda. He put up good numbers in the Swedish Hockey League earlier this year during COVID. So I, I, I don't think he's a bad player. Maybe he's just not a fit for the NHL, and, and that's the end of it. There you go. Uh, Latunov. I think if we're having this conversation a year ago, I think you get him signed and – that's it. But I'm just with the amount of players who were called up to the Sharks this year to get a look. And, and keep in mind, I'm pretty sure Latunov um, was one of the Barracuda leaders in goals this year. And so the fact that homie. <laughs> yeah, but was he one of the leaders because he was playing more games than anybody else there? <laughs> hey, you know what, though? At least he's consistent. You know what I mean? Um so I don't know. I like I said, I look at that. You know, he's yeah, led the Barracuda in goals. He was um one, two, three, sixth in points, tied for fifth in points. So by that metric, you would say, Okay, this is probably a guy who's in that handful of names that are gonna get called up. He never got a call up. No. So I and the fact that he's a group six UFA, which basically means he hasn't played enough NHL games to remain an RFA, I wouldn't be surprised if he signs with another team. All right. Just uh, because the Sharks are not going to give him a fair opportunity. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Marlowe, please, God, no. <laughs> like, dude, love you, Chief. Love you for everything that you've done. I own your jerseys. I've got, you know, dude, the photo over my right shoulder is of you. Like, love you, Mr. Shark. But it's time to move on. It's time. Y- yeah, um, I mean, I, I've said it all year, well, right? Where it's like, see, if now here's the and, and here's the fucked up thing is that, but there's also something in my mind where it's like, well, you know that you're going to get him for nothing, and you know mm-hmm. exactly what he brings, so, right? And you know, that's... and that like, if he can be a mentor, and but you know, in those ways, then I'm kind of like, well, you know, if it's only going to cost you seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, and he knows that he could sit half the season. You know, like we're you're going to be kind of like p- player slash coach. Then I'm kind of like, look, if he knows he's going to be sitting, you know, from time to time, and he's fine with that, then I kind of you know sway back to where okay, maybe you know you throw him the league minimum because you know, dude, who else is going to pay him more? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, exactly. And I think and, and dude's so comfortable, he's ingrained here. Like, even if 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 Doug comes up to him and says, Okay, Chief, you know, year to year and year to year. Okay, one more 
<laughs> 750k or whatever the hell the league minimum is there you go and dude i could for shits and giggles some other team says hey patrick we need some help with some of our younger guys as well we'll give you a million and i think patrick's gonna go no i've made all my money my family's here go fuck yourself yeah and i would agree with that too i mean if we just slide on over to cap friendly uh patrick marlowe at this stage in his career has grossed not net gross gross uh, has grossed 96 million dollars in his career yeah i think he's and smart. that's not including um that's not in, <clears throat> excuse me including any money that came in for playing for team canada that's not including any money that came through any endorsements or sponsorship deals so to your point to your point <laughs> I, I i i think he's doing okay yeah um <laughs> I, I just I look at it and 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 ugh, dude we've been over this like I was vehemently against the Marlowe reunion tour, but if you're giving him fourth line money and fourth line minutes and he plays well, I don't really see the problem with it. Yeah, like if he's playing better than what you have in the system now, how can you be upset by it? And even then, to your point as well, I. I think he would be more than understanding, like, if you want to lock him into that fourth line spot and have the other two uh, players on that line just kind of be a revolving door, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, again, I'm people, with you. you know, people, and that's the thing. A lot of people are saying, oh, Patrick Marlowe, he's not, you know, he's not what he was. And, and those people are technically correct. But if you, again, it's the same thing we say, oh, he he plays like a fourth liner. Okay, well, last I checked, he was on the fourth line, so... And you need fourth liners. And you need a fourth liner, so I'm not really sure what the issue is. Yeah, but uh, but Chester, of course, making a comment as well. If Marlowe wants to win a cup, why would he sign with the Sharks? Because, just, no one, because 31 he, other teams won't sign him? I don't think he cares <laughs> at this point. I mean, I, I think he cares... I just don't the, think there's anybody out there that goes, yeah, 42-year-old forward on the fourth line. That, uh, sure, bring him here. I, I think a lot of <laughs> I I think if a team at the trade deadline wanted an extra forward, I think a team would would take a sniff at that, but Well, dude, you know what? Look, the opportunity uh Doug Wilson signs him for for the minimum. Everything that we just went over and who knows, trade deadline comes up and maybe he works out a deal with whoever, say Colorado is in the, you know, at that point is at the forefront of the, you know, the everybody's pick to win the cup. You make some deal for future considerations here. You know, here's Patrick Marlowe. We'll cover the rest of the fucking tab this season. You get him for nothing. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to get chief a cup. You already did this with Ray Bork. Do it again. <laughs> well, and 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 that's the thing. Like, I don't think a t I don't think a team is going to be signing him day day one of unrestricted free agency. But again, if you get to the trade deadline, and a team thinks that they can use him, I don't see why not. I mean, how much you know? You put twelve forwards and six defensemen out on the ice game to game. But how many times do you hear people say, "Oh, well, the Cup teams they use fifteen forwards and nine defensemen." You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. well, like, how many times do you hear that? Yeah. Well, let's let's let's. Jesus Christ, let's get through this list. <laughs> it's important. It's important to talk about Marlo. No, I know. Uh, Matt Nieto. Um, I, I, I wouldn't I, be surprised I, if he's already coming back. Yeah, no. Keep him. Keep him. Now, will he get exposed to Seattle? I would I would imagine. 
I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and would it be a good piece for Seattle to take? I would say yes. Yeah. Depending sure. on what the price is, sure. I mean, good guy found his place in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. You know, good, speedy third-line guy, can kill penalties, can score you the occasional shorty. Good guy to have. Yeah. So there's there's Nieto. Sorensen, bye-bye. Yeah, I, I, dude, if he signs in the NHL, I would be surprised. Dude, if he's not already in Europe, I'm asking myself why. Uh, you know what? Um, no, I actually... Let me guess. You're on his Instagram, and it's like, yeah, he's teeing off from yeah, like a, a place in Dublin, right? No, dude, I think on uh, Saturday or Friday, maybe, I think he was at Pebble Beach. <laughs> okay, yeah, show me the one where he's like playing in Dusseldorf. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, Greg Pattern. Bye. Who? Yeah. All right. Cool. So. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else needed. Yeah. So uh, the good of this season, of course, uh, you know, let's get into the highlights and lowlights. Look, I think the one thing we could say, Evander Kane. I mean, playing with the dark cloud of all the. The, now, evidently, the bankruptcy thing, he's been having issues with this for, like, years. Like, it sounds like this was on his plate before he even came to San Jose. It's just that it wasn't public knowledge. But the fact that it became public this season and yet dude excelled in, in my mind, got better. Like, remember, he was that, that you know, the guy that was going to take a penalty at the wrong time and let his emotions get the best of him. He really tempered that in the second half of the season. Yeah, I agree. You know, he he stayed away from all of the extracurricular activity. You know what I mean? He, he, he was tough, and he hit hard during the play when he was supposed to, and during the whistles, uh, you know what? Couldn't be bothered to get involved unless he absolutely had to. I liked it, you know what I mean? And, you know, he had uh, 42 penalty minutes in 56 games this year. And if you put that out over 82 games, that's his lowest amount of penalties in an NHL season since 2014-15. And keep in mind, he was injured for 60% of the year. (laughs) Oh, man. And, and, And... Flip that around as well, 49 points in 56 games. Again, over 82-game season, 72 points, which is a career high. So clearly, Chief, on the ice, Chief's priorities were perfect. You know what I mean? And Yeah, geez, can we get some more lawsuits against him? <laughs> dude well, per- and, and, dude and, performs. And and that's the thing that kind of kind of burns me up a little bit is is you'll see people who say, oh, you know, the Sharks need to, need to get Seattle to take Evander Kane. And it's like... Okay, but same thing we said with Patrick Marlowe. He's getting paid $7 million and is scoring goals and assists at a $7 million pace. So, again, I'm not sure what the problem is. Yeah, like your rate of return on Evander Kane is actually like one of the one shining bright spots of the season. So I don't get... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, the other, of course, highlight of the season is Nikolai Kanijov finding a yes. spot uh, alongside Eric Carlson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I Which think, is no easy task, <laughs> right? I think that was a happy surprise, just as happy as uh, Ferraro was last season. So, right. those are uh, a couple things that you can look at and go, "Yeah, that was good." Uh, hello, Barabanov for Suomela. <laughs> <laughs> Addition by subtraction. Wow! Uh, d- yeah. Like we were so happy to get rid of Suomela. Like if Barabanov did nothing, we were like, "Yeah, well, it's 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 what we had in Su- Suomela." So. Well, that's the thing. Like worst case scenario, it's guy for guy. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> that's pretty much it. 
and uh, even and even dude even you know you were talking about Mario Ferraro is like as well so chief spent most of most of last year he was on the third pair um with god knows who you know a laundry list of <laughs> of of guys you know and and he was averaging um you know he was averaging i think 15 16 minutes a night which is good for a rookie defenseman absolutely but then he he comes in this year and basically oh, like, okay, excuse so, me while i drop 20 on your ass yeah you know we're gonna play you with brent burns and we're gonna ask you to play seven more minutes per game like and he's like bet yeah no exactly that's the thing he you talk about somebody who came as advertised like speaking of evander kane i would say mario ferraro same thing <laughs> speaking of advertised have a look at hockey jerk shirt <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so look, there's there's that uh, claiming Balsers, nice highlight of the yeah. season. Uh, gets one piece back that you did lose in the uh, Eric Carlson deal, um, and and Balsers too. To your point, AJ, uh, career high in goals, assists, and points this year. Gotta love it. Uh, yeah, and, and 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 that's you know with like he wasn't injured, right? But Coming back to the Sharks, I mean, we didn't get him for a considerable amount of time because immigration issues and all that yep. kind of stuff. Like, all that extra bullshit you have to deal with, like, it's it can mess with you on the ice. And so I thought he put up a very nice season, all things considered. And I'm of the belief that even like even when he wasn't scoring, like, he was making things happening happen. You know, he was a guy where it was like, okay, put the puck on his stick and just let it roll. Yeah. Now I now I don't I don't I don't want to start a turf war, but I'm just saying avocado coming in saying jalapeno, better than sea salt. I mean, see that's the beautiful thing about uh, America is you're allowed to have opinions even if they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another highlight, of course, of the season: Patrick Marlowe breaking Gordy Howe's record. And for that, Ooh. I say thank you. So now we can stop talking about it. <laughs> Because I was, as much as I love Patty, I was starting to get little a little Marlowe fatigue. Like, yeah, I, sure. Yeah, I was getting tired of hearing about it. And it's like, buy this pin, buy this puck, buy this pennant, this shirt. This, and it's like, but the thing is, I can sit here and, and bitch about it. I told you all this was going to happen. Like, this mm -hmm. was the reason why you would keep Marlowe here. As it's like, cha-ching, you're going to make a, lot, a good amount of coin on that merch. It, like, literally, Marlowe's contract would pay for itself. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I think, if we're talking about positives, uh, Hurdle's bounce back, I think, was huge. Yes, like, even, after like, that okay, Rona. Well, that's the thing, is you, you know, you can be, you could be totally uh, free and clear of COVID and come back no problem. There are still some respiratory issues that are going to linger. So, the fact that he was almost point per game while having recovering from COVID, <laughs> it's pretty damn impressive. It makes you wonder what he would have done if he was 100% healthy. <laughs> yeah, but he did really have a kind of come back there uh, after the Rona. So, I mean, dude, it, we talked about it last week, that, that hurdle line for like five or six games straight, dude, they carried the team. Nobody else was coming up with anything. So, yeah. absolutely. And, and, and I think um dark horse maybe a little bit um i think kevin lebank had a bounce back here analytically absolutely what what was your module say on him 
<laughs> Break out your module, baby. Break we need to them. see those high quality, the high value goals. I'm interested to know how Tomas Hurdle did this season when it came to goal value. So I let's let's talk Kevin LeBanc. I have three yeah. things I want to say about him. So yeah, whip it out. So number one, uh, he <laughs> last. Oh, I need to get the sounder in here. Number one. <laughs> so so last season. 33 points in 70 games Oof. down down year this year 28 points so he was five points short but he played 15 less games so that's an improvement on the pace uh went from dash 33 to dash nine major improvement like <laughs> huge incredible and he scored 12 goals this year eight of them were high value goals Mm-hmm. So he's probably at least this year he didn't score as much as I think everybody wanted him to, but the 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 proof is in the pudding. When he did score, it mattered the most. Hey now, you know what about who who's the other player we're talking about on the module? Tomash Hurdle. Yeah, how was Hurdle this year? On so he uh, had he had nineteen goals this year, eight of them high value, eight of them mid value, three low value. See, that's the kind of player I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a we'll, a couple questions real quick because we are starting to run long here. Uh, again, avocado flight. I apologize. I'm late. Might have missed it. Any talk on Bugner? Think he'll be back? Yes. Yep. That that's what we said. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> talked about it, and yes, we think he'll be back. <laughs> yes. Uh, so a couple more highlights, and let's Wait. just bang through these really quick. I want to bang through one thing. Yeah, let's bang just, it out. Like and and I want to preface by saying this is I'm being very tongue in cheek right now. This is totally not a legitimate take here. Oh, you cheeky bastard! Barabanov had three goals with the Sharks. All three of them were high value goals. I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, highlights of the season: them jerseys. Can we talk about how the heritage needs to be like? The home jersey from here on out. Thank you. Well, I, to me, it seems like they already wore it more than they said they were going to. So yeah, initially it's supposed to be like eight games. It felt like they did it like fourteen. So, um, we'll, I, I'll, we'll see. my official stance on the matter is we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the the reverse retro reverse reverse retro whatever the hell they were called. Uh, nice try. You know what. The name and number kits kind of suck, but the jersey as a whole, I actually dug it. I didn't mind it. I didn't hate it. I think I would have liked it if you flipped the gray in the black in that. I think, oh, chef's kiss. Sure. But remains to be seen. And remember, Jerk has already predicted that we will see, uh, you know, version 2.0 retro reverse boogaloo. Yeah. Reverse so. retro to uh, recycled material boogaloo. There you go. Uh, let's let's talk about another highlight of the season. Miniseries. For all the shit that happened with this compressed schedule and everything like that, I really enjoyed seeing the same team back to back. And uh, Gary Bettman. Interesting. Gary Bettman mentioned that that is something that they could use going forward. I enjoyed it. I would love to see the Sharks go down to SoCal 
and you know just just spend a week in in SoCal, play LA, you know, on a Tuesday, Wednesday, take Thursday off, and then you play there Friday and Sunday, come back. I would have no issues with that. Yeah, I agree, and I think. You know, there's a huge discrepancy when it comes across all the teams when it comes to miles traveled. And I think doing a more of a a block schedule, if you will, I think would help that help that discrepancy. You're still going to see the discrepancy, but I don't think it will be as big of a deal. Yes. And and let me say, though, that for me, now that I think about it, the L.A. thing, Anaheim, that's actually a poor example (laughs) (laughs) simply because it's so close. But if you did that. In Western Canada, you know, where you can go up there and do two against Vancouver and then maybe two or, or two against Edmonton, two against Calgary, and then come home. You know, like, I I think that would be kind of cool. And I think the Canadian teams would enjoy that where they could slide down to Cali and be like, okay, yeah, we're going to, you know, play here Thursday and Saturday in San Jose then we're going to play Monday, Tuesday in L.A., and then Thursday, Saturday in Anaheim and be back home. Well, and and, and thing is, too, in a, in a normal year, you know, you play the teams in your division. You play them five times. You've got two at home, two on the road, and then the fifth game alternates every other year. So right? some years you would have, you know, three home games against that team. Other years it would be three road games against that team. So even if you say, like, even if you want to do the two at home and two at away, even if you want to split those up, like, whatever. But the extra game, I think, tack that on. Yes. You know, because we've seen, I, I dude, we go over this every year, but it's like, I can remember, like, okay, so. Well, you got their you memories? Know, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> and, and this is just very, very rough example. But, like, you know, you'll have Sharks and Canucks March 3rd in Vancouver and then March 10th, they'll play again in San Jose. And then March 14th, they're back in Vancouver. Yeah, stop that. <laughs> it's just like, I feel like you could you could save some miles there. Yeah. Uh, buddy, John John, loyal viewer. Love you so much, dude. AJ Jerk and Rocket and the new sponsor, Miss Vicky Seasalt. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Thanks for another year of the Pucknologist. And hey, thank you for watching another year. So much appreciate it. Very cool. John John is a regular in here, and we so appreciate that. Um, let's see. So we talked about the jerseys, Marlowe, Barabanov, the mini season or the mini series schedule. I got two more highlights for you. Sure. I think you're gonna like this one. <laughs> I have three words for you, good sir. Mm-hmm. No more fanatics. <laughs> Yeah, that's certainly a positive. I, I hello. I, I think I think we'll see the full effect of that once um, full fan, full capacity fans are allowed back in the building. Yes, absolutely, and I think you're already starting to see it on the 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 website for the Sharks that you know they're selling more more local merch. Not seeing that that logo, so thank God. Uh, <laughs> and then finally. The biggest highlight for me of the season, of course, was the return of the one, the only, Drew Remenda. Sure. That's, that's you know, that's my dog. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was cool that they would able. I thought it was cool that they were able to bring him back. I, now, can we get him a quality mic? Absolutely. Let's make yeah, that a priority. No, get kidding. off the AirPods. But, uh, dude, the fact that they brought him back in any capacity to me was shocking. Mm-hmm. I, I'm completely shocked by that. Now. That said, Hasso Plattner does not control the pre and post game. <laughs> so maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, I wish he did. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, so there, the low lights. For me, I, I'm, I'm just going to point to February 27th. The Sharks are facing the St. Louis Blues. They had a lead in this game four different times and yet lost seven to six. <laughs> that was the one where I just went, yeah, just – Put a nail in the coffin. It's done. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I the low light for me is just specifically. I have for now. I have two. Maybe I'll think of something. The fact that Martin Jones who put <laughs> the fact that Martin Jones last season to finish last season and over the summer put in a considerable amount of work to better himself. And there was nothing to really show for it. Yeah. And if to anything, me, I'm worried Nabby's going to get the Spanish archer for that. <laughs> yeah. And and secondly, got, you know, Eric Carlson and Timo Meyer not bouncing back. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you another one here. Uh, and I'll let you uh, vamp on it for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the contracts? <laughs> I mean, that's that's a low light for me. I mean, we, we talked about the UFAs and the RFAs. How does Doug Wilson dig himself out of the hole? And I know we've gone over this ad nauseum, but it, I'll give you this. What do you think out of all these big-ass contracts, whether it's Vlasic, Burns, Eric Carlson, Couture, Kane, Jones, Hurdle, Meyer, out of all these, and I think it's probably going to come from the blue line, but – what do you think is going to be the contract that is currently there on the books right now that is over $5 million that won't be on the books a, a, come this October? Well, I don't really touch the forwards because, you know, say what you want. And there he goes. Uh, say, you know, say what you want about the way the forwards have all played this year. I mean, the alternative is AHL bodies. So... You're kind of stuck with them. And I'm fine. Like, Kane, Hurdle, I'm fine being, quote-unquote, stuck with them. Meyer, yeah, he had a shitty year this year. But, I mean, he's 24, and he's shown skills and and and, and potential as a 30-plus goal guy. I don't really sweat that. Couture, yeah, the $8 million is a bit high. But, again, this, he was beat to hell this year and I think still had an okay year. So I'm not really worried about that. As AJ mentioned, it's going to be the defenseman that I pull from, and I hate to say it because I think of the three... Say it, you coward. <laughs> of the three big guns, if you will, I think he's been the best of the three, but I think it's got to be Brent Burns just because he he fits that Goldilocks zone of, you know, his contract expires the soonest, and as I said, of the big three, he's played the best in recent memory. And now I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, expose Brent Burns because it's poor asset management to get nothing for an asset you can get something for. Mm-hmm. That said, what's the play there? No idea because 
you know, it, it and and Brent Burns has a has trade protection in his contract where he can basically say, you know, you are allowed to send me three teams without my permission, and because I don't want to go anywhere else, those three teams are Vegas, Toronto, Tampa Bay. Good luck. Dude. So, <laughs> what? Uh, nothing. Sorry, I just got like this weird commercial on the NHL Network. What? What's the dark-haired woman's name on the who does the the stuff with uh, EJ? Jackie Redman. Yeah, she was wearing a dress that looked like she was on her way to prom or something. It was a little off-putting. <laughs> um, yeah. Just so because Burns, like Vlas- Burns, you think is like the one? Be- yes, because you know Vlasic's contract is less dollars, but uh, less dollars per year. But it's but longer, it's long- isn't it? It's longer. It's a year longer, and Vlasic has gone off the cliff. Yeah. Gone further off the cliff than Burns has. Carlson. Uh, Carlson's making more money, so it's a no-show right there. But also, same thing. I thought I thought Burns played better than Carlson this year, if you can believe it. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I don't. And again, I'm. I say it all the time. Like the you have to look at these decisions with the information you had at the time. And all aside from the Eric Carlson contract, again, using the information we had at the time. Aside from the Eric Carlson contract. I don't really have a problem with any of these contracts based on the intention at the time. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, obviously, they things get a li- things get a little <laughs> more rocky as time goes on, and that's when you have to adapt and adjust. So, all right. Uh, the other, of course, the biggest low light for me, and this this is not brand new, kids. I have a drum, the power play. God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was absolutely horrifying. Horrified. It had been 20 years since the power play finished as low as 14%. This is, you know, and this is when you have two Norris Trophy winners to quarterback it, and yet it's that horrific. Ugh. The penalty kill, 80%. Power play, 14%. Drew Remenda will tell you the century mark is key. Those two numbers have to add up to 100 or better if you're going to be successful. Ufa. Yeah, and and I kind of alluded to it uh, a couple weeks ago, but some of the numbers we're seeing, like you said, AJ, power play, um, and <laughs> consecutive years without a playoff appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know it's the 30th anniversary and we're throwing it back, but... I didn't know. I didn't know. We'll go that back to ninety two, ninety three. <laughs> I was gonna say I didn't know the Sharks from the nineties was part of the deal. You know I mean? Well, and then like, the Sharks. I'm sorry, the Sharks missed the playoffs last year, twenty twenty, and this year, twenty twenty one. The first time they missed the playoffs in two consecutive years in the twenty first century. Yeah, that's a kick in the smalls. It, it, and it's it, it's <laughs> it's it's something to chew on for sure. Well, and then the the defense, as you were mentioning earlier, uh, Burns was at a .52 point per game, his lowest since his first season as a Shark. Yikes. Vlasic's... Th- huh? Go ahead, sir. Well, I was just going to say, Vlasic struggles ended up being dropped down to the third pair, and then Carlson finishing with 22 points. His po- points per game were barely more than half of his career average. I, you know, I had pointed it out earlier that this season was Carlson's basically his worst since his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And so I I 
maybe it's just me. I would think that you would expect a scotch more from the mo- the highest paid defenseman in the league. And the third highest paid player in the league. Thank you. Uh, and you know what? And and I'm not going to get into it because we've already gone Coward. for 64 minutes. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe Discord or maybe if we get bored in the summer. But And a- AJ asked me last year, he said, when will you get on my when, bus? When will you criticize Eric Carlson for poor play? And I said it would not be until we've seen multiple years on this current deal of poor play. And here we are. <laughs> so I'm not going to get into it. Uh, that's your that's your uh, that's your owl access pass for whenever the next podcast is. Um, that's your reason to come back. Hey so. Now. <laughs> uh, so key date. I think oh, one ahead. more thing. I'm sorry. I think it's worth mentioning, and by no means is this an excuse, but I think it's worth mentioning that Carlson and Burns probably would have had better seasons if the forwards up top had better seasons. Yes. I, I think anybody would agree with that. Not an excuse. I, I think it's just worth mentioning. Absolutely. Uh, so key dates, uh, the draft lottery. What is that? Is that July 2nd? Uh, unofficially, yeah, July 2nd. All right. So we got the draft lot. I'm sure we're going to be live during that. Uh, July 21st is your expansion draft. The 23rd and 24th of July is the NHL draft. And then the 28th. Boom of July, free agency frenzy. Love it. A little different and now that it's not July 1st, but go ahead. You mit, you missed one. Uh, 24 hours after the playoffs end, which could be July 15th, could be July 12th, could be July 11th. Uh, the buyout window opens. So <laughs> let's see how far or how quickly Martin Jones is on that. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the playoffs, everybody. Uh, look. Playoffs. The playoffs, I mean, now look, we do this every Sunday. The playoffs started a little bit earlier, but Jerk and I did put our picks together, and these are on the NHL bracket, which means, yes, we actually had to do these, you know, before the playoffs actually started. I'm not taking any picks back because of yesterday or today's outcomes. And why would you? It's one game. Yeah. Oh, and Putt Guy correcting us, June 2nd is the lottery not thank you eric not july so thank you june i mean thank you eric (laughs) (laughs) it's okay dude i almost said aaron so thank you eric yes uh anyway so here's your matchups and so we can just bounce through this real fucking fast uh so toronto versus montreal and if I look on here, I see that Hockey Jerk has Toronto in six. I do. And look at that. AJ has the same. I have a feeling this is going to go very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and then we move on to Pittsburgh versus the Isles. Now that game ha- or that series has already completed game one. The Isles are up one nothing in that. But let's look at the picks. And what do we got? Uh, I have to go over look. Oh, look at that. And Jerk has the Isles in seven. I have Pittsburgh in seven. So that is one that we actually differ on. But Coin we, flip. Yeah, coin flip. Uh, but still, we're pretty close. And, to, and I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I haven't looked at your picks. So I'm, 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 this is an education for me right now because I don't know where you are versus me. But let's move on to the central. Carolina versus the Preds. Uh, what, we <laughs> you both, know my thoughts on this one. I was going to say, we both have, what, Carolina and three on this? 
I think I said five. Uh, okay, you got Carolina and five. I have Carolina and five. <laughs> yeah, and and I and you know what I said on Discord uh, last night for those who were there. If you weren't there, you should be. Um, if Nashville wins that series, I'm not doing another bracket challenge so. <laughs> ever again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Avalanche and Blues. I think this is this could be a fun series, but I don't know that it's going to last as long as some people do. But let's see how long Jerk thinks it will. I look over there, and Colorado in six. What do I have? Colorado in six. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get over to the other side of the north. Edmonton versus the Jets. Oh, I have a feeling we might differ on this. A scotch, I'm not sure. So what? where the hell is it? (laughs) Oh, there we go. So holy shit, you have Winnipeg in seven? Yep. Yikes, I have Edmonton in six. And and. I want to say, just as a clarifier here, if Edmonton wins, I will not be disappointed or surprised. I just think that a lot of people are sleeping on Winnipeg, and I think Winnipeg has the tools to beat Edmonton. I got you. And see, and I feel that the, a lot of people are sleeping on the Wild. So, mm-hmm. fine. Uh, Capitals and Bruins. And Jerk has Boston in six. You bastard. I have Washington in seven. So, you know, if Boston doesn't take it in six, Washington will in seven. <laughs> <laughs> Florida and Tampa, which if you were, you know, if you were with us at the beginning of the show, you know that Tampa took game one in that barely. Still yeah, think, what a, still what a think, barn burner that was. I still think Florida should have had that. But anyway, uh, let's see here. Jerkman has Tampa in seven. I have Florida in six. So I'm not feeling too good about that pick right now. <laughs> I'm a little, a uh, little yikes. And then finally, the one that we all really give a shit about Vegas and Minnesota. The jerk man has Vegas in six. I have Minnesota in seven. So I like this. We, we have a couple. The, the thing that I'm digging about this is that we've got some here that if they don't go six, they'll go seven. And we've got the other team. I think this could be fun. But mm-hmm. uh, overall, I feel like we're very like-minded. Like, the, I really didn't come off that there was anything. I was like, oh, my God, how do you not have them sweeping? Well, except for the Predators, but anything. And and I think, too, like, even, you know, I, I made all my picks because I believe that's the team that's going to win. Now, that said, if every single one of my picks are wrong, I'm it's really not that big of a deal just because how many – you know, we talk about it all the Dude, time. You're, you're going to be pressed if the Predators win. Yes, with that's the one exception. If, if Nashville <laughs> wins, I'm going to be very confused. But like all the other series, like, and I and I hate to use the word, but like the parity is real. Like the teams oh, that yeah. make the playoffs are good. You know what I mean? Like if I was aside from that Nashville Carolina series, if I was wrong everywhere else, not even really kind of surprised. I'm totally with you. But the one that I think that I'm also totally with, the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Win it for Jumbo. That's the one that, like, literally the only series that I really give a shit about. I, I, you know, the Eastern matchups, the Central matchups, I don't really care. I'm all about the North and I'm all about the West. I want to see Toronto and face off against Edmonton. I think that would be a great series. I want to see the Avalanche versus the Wild because fuck the Golden Knights. I just, you know. Uh, Canes versus whoever comes out of Florida, I think it will be a good series. And 
dude, again, dude, that Eastern one, that's the one that's like, yeah, everything's a coin flip. So let me ask you, because you only showed our road to the to the final four. So what oh, is... you want me to go back there? Here? Sure, if you want. I know you don't have the graphics, so we can just talk about it. But what is so that's obviously yours. So what is what is your Stanley Cup final? Uh, my Stanley Cup final. <laughs> I hate to do this, and th- this, and I will say this is going all emotion. This is, dude. I I still got my oven mitts on from taking it out of the hot takery bakery. Uh, <laughs> uh, Colorado, and I hate to say this, Colorado over Toronto. But I have Colorado pasted down as my winner of the Stanley Cup. Now I don't know who you have. But I like if I had to put money on it again. I said Colorado Toronto is my heart. If you want my wallet bet, I think Colorado. I still think Colorado is going to win the whole thing. Uh, although I think Minnesota is going to make it real interesting. But uh, I think if I'm betting money, Colorado over Carolina. So and that's based on your bracket. Yes. Now let's. So, now we're looking at yours. Yeah, so throw it up. Yeah, so uh, your so final four, Toronto, just, Isles, Lightning, Avalanche. Yeah, so and based on the seeding, you're going to have one conference, you know, it's not a conference final, but one conference final be Colorado than the Islanders. I think Colorado takes it. And the other one, you have the Lightning over the Maple Leafs. I think the Lightning take it. And then I think the Lightning are going to beat the Avalanche. Uh, so I you, think we're going to see a repeat. Repeat. Oh, you mean prediction. Tampa? Okay, so Tampa's going to repeat as champion, you're saying? Yes, sir. All right. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. I think we all seem to be of the opinion that it's going to be one of three. It's going to be Carolina, Colorado, or Tampa. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. that's. Uh, and again, though, I think we can also sit there and go, well, we can also say that off of, despite the jersey that I'm wearing, we can say that just based off history. When was the last time that... a Canadian team won a Stanley Cup like 28 years ago. <laughs> yeah, 1993. I Yikes. I think I think Toronto will will walk their way to the final four. Kind of a mystery after that. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Edmonton, I like Winnipeg, I like Montreal. Toronto's just better than all three of them. All righty. And so, I think it's 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 a good time to wrap it up now. Unfortunately, uh-huh. uh I didn't have time to do a screen cap of uh, the the tweet of the week because it came from me. <laughs> F you, everybody else. But uh, no, the reason why I put this up is because I was just like, I, I watched the game and I thought, like, let's go back a couple years ago when San Jose played Vegas in the playoffs. Do y'all remember? Cause we made fun of this. Do y'all remember when like the hit counter, like Vegas was credited for like 82 hits in the game. Do we, we mm-hmm. all remember that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was one of the silliest things I'd yeah. ever seen in my life. But then on the road games, they had like 20 hits. Yeah. But okay. So we, we got that one sitting up there and that's just as kind of like a little placeholder. Let me, let me throw this on top of it. Uh, just for the giggles, let's see if I can try to clean this up a little bit because there's some old stuff in here, obviously. 
So it's not going to look great. What are you going to do? All right. I'm putt guying all over the place. No, I'm kidding, Eric. Calm down. Talk you off the ledge. <laughs> but look at this. Tell me you're a homer without telling me you're a homer. Yeah. Dude, I mean, how I, is it that Talbot, 42 saves for a shutout, and he's the third star? Yeah. Fuck I, you. I, I don't have a problem with Flurry being a star, but neither do Tal I. But over Talbot, no chance. Dude, there's no reason Talbot should have been not should not have been the number one star. Yeah. Like if you want to make Flurry the second star, make Erickson the third, fine. But dude, forty two saves in another you know, in a in the opposing barn. You know, gets the shutout. Talbot. Uh, you, talk to Ian Reed. Not the biggest believer in Cam Talbot. <laughs> so, so if you pull this out, it's and third star, dude. You are the biggest homers. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I just I had to get that out because I just thought that was the dumbest thing. And but the dumbest, but yet something that Vegas, the Vegas media is known for. They are huge homers. Mm -hmm. As Jerk likes to say, sad. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, uh, I think we can probably wrap up this show, wrap up this season of the Pucknologists. Um, as far as I know, we are on hiatus after this uh, until, the, until the Sharks start playing again. Uh, there might be one... Little thing that we do during the summer, probably to, I don't know, wrap up the draft and all that stuff. But other than that, or maybe what, hey, you know, okay, here, this is the fun part. You know how you're watching a TV show from like, I don't know, middle of September through April and that's the TV season and, and you, you follow that show and you enjoy it and you watch it. But then summer, they have the season finale and then summer happens and then they take a different show and they put it in that time slot. To see mm -hmm. how that goes. I think what I'm trying to tell you is maybe in a couple weeks, uh, what you will see in our time slot is the Teal Tinted Glasses reboot. Maybe. Could happen. Just saying. Keep an eye out for it. But uh, as far as I know, this is the end of the Pucknologist for this season, barring a very special Pucknologist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless... <laughs> Sometime unless during you... the summer. Yeah, unless it's decided the Sharks can come back and play games before next season. Yeah. Which... <laughs> okay, here, I'll make you this deal right now. The Pucknologists will come back if Toronto is in the Stanley Cup final. If Jumbo is in the final, I'm there. Just... Mm, sure. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, I, I like Joe Thornton, but I, I don't know. I'm not one of these people who's like falling over themselves. I, I just want to see Chief win it. Oh, me too, but... Okay, then. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. Any topics that you'd like us to get into, well, you've got all summer to hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, uh, famous last words. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I... Oh, man. I am such a bad hose. Ooh, Barracuda.
All right, so the Barracuda play a playing game against the Tucson Roadrunners on Tuesday, play whoever wins the other game on Wednesday, and then they face Henderson if they make it all the way. Will they? Probably not. Anyway, so with well, that, it should, <laughs> it, should also, it should also be said, this, this play-in tournament, um, <clears throat> this play-in tournament that is being done for the AHL-specific division, uh, 133 out of 141 polled players don't want to play in it. <laughs> like 90% of the team don't want to do it, and yet here we are. Mm-hmm. All right, Jerkman. Uh, famous last words, buddy. Famous last words. Yeah, we're uh, out. The season is over. Thank God. Um, Regular. <laughs> We're Sharks fans. We're a Sharks podcast. Our season is over. Oh, okay. I feel you. Uh, you know what? It was another bad one. Um, but, you know, maybe the real treasure was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> I will remember. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it was a shitty season, but I feel like we had some good moments. Yes, I remember both of them vividly. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to hopefully start season six of The Pucknologist talking about the Sharks' new goaltender. Oh, So, <laughs> so <laughs> we'll put a pin in that. Mm, yes, shall we? Uh, I am AJ underscore strong on the social media. Did you know that Joe Pavelski? Fin- <laughs> I'm not letting it go, man. 51 points plus 22. Third best statistical season of his career. Fucking washed up has been. Am I right, Jerk? <laughs> yeah, uh, clearly he, you know, he, he should have quit while he was ahead. Um you know, Did you, you know that over half of his goals came on the power play? Hey, specialist. Hey, I'm a Sharks uh, fan. What's a power play? Uh, you know what, though? To be to to be the devil's advocate, I will say, with the information at the time, <sighs> it was right to let him go. But with the information of today, <laughs> May 16th, 2021. Yeah, my balls hurt. Maybe they should have kept him. Maybe. So do us a favor, everybody. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching on the UbiTube. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. Follow us or subscribe or whatever the option is on your favorite podcast platform. We would certainly appreciate it because if you ever miss a show and want to catch it again, you can find it on that podcast platform at TealTownUSA.com. And of course, everything, every show can be found on the UbiTube I just like to call it the YubiTube. So should we should we stretch this shit out for another seven minutes for a solid like hour and a half? <laughs> no, we should not. Oh, sounds good then.